0: What's going on everybody, it's your buddy, it's your Pass past Phoenix, the YWC reality check, and this is very, this is something I'm doing sort of off the cuff, ha ha ha, it's, uh, you know, the name of this, you know, off the cuff on this channel has always been for topics and stuff that really didn't fit in any other category, it's not a review, it's not a preview, and this one, well, it's not completely off the cuff, I did about half an hour's worth of research and looking up stuff before I came to talk to you guys, but... It's to... to. it is something I wasn't planning on doing today, so I'm going to stumble over my words, and I'm going to hum and haw, and I'm going to come back around on things, and yes, even more than usual. It's to answer the question that I wasn't really asking myself just yet, and that is the question of, is wrestling back? Now... I want to be clear, when I say is wrestling back, it doesn't mean is wrestling great. Has wrestling completely been fixed? Have all the booking problems gone away? Have my problems with X, Y, and Z company gone away? No, it's, it's got a lot to do with COVID and a lot to do with lockdown and a lot to do with uh, everything we've been dealing with over the past 15 months now. If I made it super personal and said is pro wrestling back, my answer would be no because up here in Canada specifically here in Ontario we are unlocking very very slowly but the one thing we do know is at least until next year we're not getting anything big uh, in in Ontario in uh, I don't even know about the rest of Canada because I really just pay attention to Ontario but they told us recently and they were really upfront about it yeah we're opening up stuff yeah you can socialize with people again all that kinda thing the one thing you're not getting is big things you're not getting concerts you're not getting big full stadium sports you're not getting obviously pro wrestling gets lumped in with that you're not getting big uh, big festivals and all, all those types of things so I, I can't make this video about me because is wrestling back for me no can I go to a destiny show not yet can I go down to the ACC and catch raw and come back and tell you guys all my complaints about how the booking was bad absolutely no, I, I can't. But most of the, I mean, all of the wrestling that I watch, but most of the wrestling that I'm sure people that watch me watch is wrestling that emanates from the States. And we're going to talk about WWE, NXT, AEW, and Impact. Um, so the, the United States is, is, is open, as far as I can, open for business, at least. And I got a meme yes, this is an entire video based on a meme, you're going to see it, it's going to be the thumbnail of the video, it's going to be the thumbnail of the podcast, if you find this on Spotify or wherever, cheap plug, please tell people that I'm doing stuff, but it's a meme, and we've had it before, with um, with the rise of AEW and uh, WWE doing lots of pay-per-views, including NXT pay-per-views, and then Impact sort of crawling back into the, into the mainstream conversation as well, you've seen these quite a bit, you've seen... Uh, hey, we got a cool couple of weeks coming up. Look, we got a pay-per-view this weekend, and a pay-per-view this weekend, and a pay-per-view this weekend. But this, I'm, and I wish I could give credit. I can't. It was just something that was sent to me, or uh, shown to me on on Facebook, and I, and I saved it because I'm going to use it as the thumbnail, etc. But it's just July, and it just says Pro Wrestling in July, and it just, it's a ball of stuff. It's not just the shows that I'm going to talk about, it is the, um, the milestones that that, um, that they represent, and I'm not gonna get too super metaphorical, and I'm not gonna get sup- too super sappy, so you're, you guys are gonna have to hang in with me for a second, uh, unfortunately, I can't really talk about the two, the first two milestones that were broken before I sat down to do this, One, the one being WrestleMania, obviously, you can't have a full stadium, but we had a stadium, and you had fans there, etc., and then they had all the rain stuff and whatever, you can't really give credit to the fact that AEW is now doing full audience shows again. They did, um... Oh, I sound like an asshole now because I can't remember the name of the last show, but it was, it was a full thing. So that was the... We had the first big show with WrestleMania. We had the first full show with AEW. But now we've got this. So I'll give you a rundown because it just shows the density of how quickly things are going to change, that these are all happening just in the next month, and we're going to cap it off with what's happening in August at the end. Now, two days from now, from the, from the time of recording, I'm recording this on Sunday, the, what is it, the 4th, there we go, told you, I'm kind of doing this on the fly, we got uh, the Great American Bash, the NXT Great American Bash, it's not a pay-per-view, it's an elevated episode of NXT, but there's a couple good things on it, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, which I know a lot of people are getting sick of, But hey, it's still going to be a good match. You got the tag title match with MSK versus Ciampa and Thatcher. You got the women's tag with a sort of thrown together tag team taking on the way. And we've got the million dollar title, which, I mean, you guys know what I think of that. But it's going to be fun on the night. I'd rather see it here than on a takeover. And we'll talk about that at the end. As well, it's, it's it's not a... It's not a B pay-per-view. I've always said, or I've gotten to the point of saying with, with Jake DeMarco and myself when we previewed uh, In Your House. In Your House has sort of become sort of the B pay-per-view for NXT. It's definitely not TakeOver, but for a weekly episode of NXT, and we're going to say this a lot about AEW as well, it is a pretty good card. you got titles on the go. We've got feedback from literally a title change that happened last week. Hit Row is going to be celebrating Isaiah of scotts uh, new championship. We are going to play up to the next NXT championship, which is looking to be Gargano versus Cross. Now, that's a lot to cram into a show. Now, we will say as well, we don't know what else is going to be thrown on here because there is stuff that is just thrown on there. I think Saray is trying to get her hands on Tony Storm that night as well. So for a weekly episode of NXT, it doesn't look too bad. It's got some good matches on it. It's got some good story going forward. Now, unfortunately, it's sort of uh, shaded over a little bit by the rumors that Bronson Reed, Kerry and Cross, my girl Shotzi, are all going up to the main roster. So some things start becoming very predictable in that regard. But you know what? It's still a good uh, elevated episode. Uh, eh, elevated episode of NXT. Now. I'm going to say something before I go on here. Now, I've been hard on the um, AEW brand when everybody says, oh, yeah, it's, it's really, really spaced out. They only do three or four pay-per-views a year. But, yeah, but then they go through a, a, a series like this where they come along and they tell you that a weekly episode is a pay-per-view and people will tell me, well, yeah, NXT did the same thing. Well, they're not on the same nights anymore. AEW, kind of, and to their credit, they've sort of struggled through it. They, they went through a big period of time there where they didn't even know what night they were on. But they're back on Wednesday night now. They've got the full crowds. Good for them. They were able to do it because they had an outdoor building. Awesome. Safer than being inside during the, the COVID era. But these elevated episodes of AEW Dynamite, there's four in a row. And on another day, at another time, I will share my opinions on that because I do think there is... There is negative folly to be attached to that, but for the purposes of this, for the purposes of like I say, one month with a lot of things to look forward to. July seventh, the day after Great American Bash, is AEW Road Rager, which, I mean, <laughs> let's you got the six man with uh, Santana Ortiz and and I want I don't want to call him Swagger, Jake Hager taking on the uh, the team of Wardlow and FTW, which is Great, or sorry, FTR, my bad. Uh, you got the mix tag, uh, the Blade and Bunny taking on uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Stalander, which is going to be a lot of fun. You got the Bucks versus Penta and Kingston. I, I, I know that Moxley is off doing baby stuff with Renee. Good for him. Gotta, gotta show some love to my, my fellow Canadian girl there, and congrats to them. But you've got half of the team that I want to be the tag team champions, and half of another tag team going for the Tag Team Champions. So, as predictable as it is, I think those guys are going to kick the shit out of each other, and anytime anybody punches one of the Bucks, I'm in a really, really good mood. You've got the debut of Andrade, taking on Matt Seidel. Now, until last week's SmackDown, you would have thought the big surprise was going to be Zelina Vega, but Zelina Vega came back on SmackDown, and she's in Money in the Bank. Andrade versus Matt Seidel is awesome. I don't think the Vicky Guerrero thing is going to last. I have to hope because it's not, it doesn't work, and this is not me being hateful towards Vicky Guerrero, I think she has a really, really obnoxious chemistry with Nyla Rose, who she's also managing, and I think that's great, but Matt Seidel is a great first opponent for Andrade in AEW, and this is not me telling them what to do, but Matt Seidel, sort of not really doing anything in his own right, sort of half the time he's a tag team with his brother, half the time he's not, but we know he can go, we know Andrade can go, this will be a great, um sort of indicator of what Andrade can do if you're an AEW fan that never watched WWE for some reason and it and it's uh it takes it away from. Let's debut. Let, he's a big star. We need to debut him at the top. No, he's a big star. Let him do big star things in the mid card while your other big stars are in the main event, and then let him get up to that main event and let us look forward to. I'm sure most people are going to say uh, Andrade versus Omega. I want to see Andrade versus Mox. Like that's just my. I want to see Andrade versus Jericho. It'll be good. It's it's an amazing debut match. You know he's gonna win. You know Matt Seidel's gonna go in there and make him look like a million bucks, and you never know what Vicky Guerrero is gonna do on the outside. So Road Rager looks pretty good. I'm gonna put these two together because my thoughts on them are pretty much the same. July 9th and July 12th are the very last SmackDown and Raw in the Thunderdome. Now, I don't th- I don't look forward to these last two shows, but I look forward to the end of these last two shows, if that makes any sense. I want them, everybody's said this, this is not a new this is not a new concept that I've come up with. This is not a, a an original thought by any stretch of the imagination. But I do want to see them do something to the Thunderdome. I do want to see them have a have a... I wish they had had the Owens and Zayn match next week where you could have them just throw each other through... Uh, what do you call them? The projection screen. Absolutely tear down the Thunderdome. Absolutely blow it up. Explode it. Use all the pyro... And I'm not even taking this as a dig at AEW... Take all the pyro you've got left in the Thunderdome and set it all off. Have something go wrong. Have something explode. The commentators leave and you just linger on one camera shot of the whole Thunderdome going up in smoke. you got to do... As much as the Thunderdome was something we we bereft upon, um, when we left the PC and they developed the first Thunderdome, we all thought it was wacky, and we all thought it was really weird. The whole uh, augmented reality, all the piped-in cheers, the, you know, cheer.wav, boo.wav, shano, uh of the Thunderdome was bizarre, and it was unsettling. And as much as the WWE product hasn't been great, as much as the main roster, you guys know I love NXT, that's in a separate category, as much as the main roster product has not been great, I will say on a separate note, the other driving factor was not having fans, and that's that's got to be the understatement of the century. Um, as much as we made fun of it, I think there was a preview that Jake and I did for an NXT show where the first thing we did was we made fun of the first, you know, initial shots of the Thunderdome and how goofy it looked. But at the same time, if we had been in the PC from there till now, there'd be nobody left. I wouldn't be watching. You guys know I tried to watch... Uh, NXT UK because I wanted to get back into that because there are a lot of people that I'm genuinely interested in over there. Apparently, uh, what's her name? Uh, Mako Satomura is their women's champion now. That's fucking awesome. Also, because it means Kaylee Ray might come over to NXT. As much as we, you might want to say yes or no or this or that or they did some goofy things with the Thunderdome, you have to acknowledge that it was an achievement above the the PC shows. Much as uh, I think the first couple of episodes of Dynamite were done in QT Marshall's gym, somebody correct me down in the box below, and then they moved to Daily's Place, and Daily's Place allowed them, because it was outside, to bring in fans quicker and all that sort of thing, and I'm not even going to get into the whole who brought in fans first debate, because that's something for another time, but the Thunderdome was something. The Thunderdome was really something and, and it will be representative of a time. I'm sure the next WWE game that comes out will have a Thunderdome ring or it will have a CWC ring or it will have, god damn it, it's going to have a PC ring in the next game, isn't it? And we're going to just watch that and be sad. <laughs> like it's going to be we're going to flick on a video game and be like, "Yeah, I remember when we were sad." I'm rambling now. But I really do I don't know what I don't know what the right answer is for this either. That's the other thing. I don't know what kind of send-off you give this. The only other way you give this a send-off, and it's, and it and it does make sense, because the last Thunderdome show is going to be a Raw, just do some Firefly Funhouse-esque match with, with Alexa Bliss and somebody. Have evil creature Alexa Bliss versus this new superhero Nikki Cross do some big, overly exaggerated Marvel-style super fight that just as I said before, blows up the Thunderdome. Because as much as we hate it, as much as we're glad to see it go, it does need a send-off. And that might be ridiculously sappy and sentimental on my part, but it's absolutely true. Now, switching gears to a company that desperately needs their fans back. I'm going to talk very quickly about Impact and their Slammiversary pay-per-view because their Slammiversary pay-per-view is, is going to be their first show back with fans as well and i will tell you right it's it's very hit and miss i do not watch a lot of impact during the week i don't watch the twitch stream that goes live on on thursdays and that sort of thing because it's just it's a very it's an it's me being stuck in my ways is what it is but it's very much the same as when i couldn't watch NXT in Canada, I got had to find a stream, had to send the stream to my TV, it was just a pain in the ass. Now, I'm much more loyal to NXT than I am to Impact, let's be real. But, um, but Impact does have some good shit going on, the X-Division is good. My boy Josh Alexander from Destiny, Shaka after Spaz Phoenix Bucket List, uh, is their current uh, X-Division champion, as well as still being the Destiny World Champion, for those of you that are wondering. Um... But they've had a small, like, PC style thing uh, going for them as well, and the fake noise. So you've got no crowd, no virtual crowd, and, like, fake crowd sound coming from nowhere. I will say, it was kind of cool, and I think I plugged this a couple weeks ago. The Iron Man match between, what was it, TJP and and Josh Alexander where all the roster emptied out at the end and sort of became the live audience. That was pretty cool. But that's not a moment you can replicate and that's not a moment you can use too many times. So, Slammiversary, back with fans, it's all good. It's already looking like a good card. I only know about three of the matches. So far you got Chris Saban versus Moose, which is an interesting collection of, uh, It's a, sorry, an interesting contrast of wrestlers, Chris Sabin is so fucking underrated. I mean, Moose is a star. Let's just let's just be real. Moose, I've also had, and I'm gonna say it again and again and again. Um, I've had the the privilege or the ability or the the good fortune to see Moose live in a hardcore match where he's throwing people through doors at Destiny. Check it the Spaz Phoenix bucket list twice. Um, so he's obviously a star, but Chris Sabin is so goddamn underrated. Like I don't know. Like when you talk about um, here's a little spoiler, when uh, when Jake and I do the third part of our uh, Who Should NXT look at picking up for their Cruiserweight division uh, series that's coming up very soon, I will, I'll I'll give you a little freebie right here, right now, one of my entries is the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Sabin in particular, because we've seen Alex Shelley, Alex Shelley showed up for a cup of coffee to be a tag team partner with Kushida for one match, I would love to see the Motor, Mach- Motor City Machine Guns, in WWE. That's a separate issue for a separate day, but uh, Chris Saban versus Moose is is on the Slammiversary card in front of fans. That's going to be awesome. You have your first pay-per-view in front of fans and you are Impact Wrestling slash TNA. You know you're going to throw an Ultimate X match in there because that's basically their match. Josh Alexander, P. D. Williams, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Rohit Raju in, in an Ultimate X match. It sells itself. I don't have to tell you. Trey Miguel is another one that I wish we could sort of pull over to the black and gold, but that's fine. And then, probably one of the most intriguing Kenny Omega matches that I've seen. Uh, I'm sorry. All due respect to what he's done with Jericho. All due respect to what he's done with Mox. All due respect to, I I guess, I've seen him face Cody, and he's done some other shit. And Jungle Boy, a couple weeks ago, was a really good match as well. I'm so... And you can see me literally doing it, which is, it it sort of adds to, I'm so, like, scratch my chin intrigued at the concept of, for the Impact World title, Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan. I just, I I think that's, that's going to be maybe the sleeper match, okay, I don't want to do match of the, sleeper match of July, let's just say, now that's not really fair, um because NXT and AEW both don't have a pay-per-view this month, so they don't have anything that they're building towards that's kind of like that. I mean, put that up against Colin O'Reilly if we hadn't already seen it a couple of times, and that's fine. But, like, the Callahan death machine versus the wrestling god, because he totally didn't rip that off of JBL, that's going to be a good... I, I, put all my sarcasm aside, that's going to be a hell of a match. It just is. Uh, do I think Sami Callahan's going to win? No, because Kenny Omega is... I was trying to f- I was in a conversation with somebody recently and I was trying to describe why Kenny Omega bugs me cuz he is great. I've always I've always said when I've sat down with with Jake when I've sat down with Guapo to talk about AEW pay-per-views I've never said Kenny Omega is a bad wrestler. I think he's a great wrestler. I think the um the match that he just had recently with Jungle Boy is an amazing example of that. I just don't get the God-level status that people put him on. Because he's, he's he's good, but he himself is not changing wrestling. It's just like people people say, oh, AEW came along and changed wrestling. No, they just came along and said, we're going to do wrestling too, and it's going to be really good. Come watch. We've got Darby Allin and Sammy Guevara and, and all the people that I'm interested in in AEW. But what you've done is you've created another spot for good wrestlers to do good wrestling. You haven't changed what wrestling is. And people act like Kenny Omega by existing changes what wrestling is. And I don't I don't buy that. But people were asking me why he bugs me, especially recently. Kenny Omega is what would happen if you had if you had Triple H in and, and I'm not just saying that because of the mustache and beard thing, which was really, really weird on Dynamite. Kenny Omega is triple H during the reign of terror. If he was backed up by the NWO after the NWO had broken up and gotten back together a couple of times and they were just sort of there and festering around. It's, it's, I don't know. There are things coming up that are going to make Kenny Omega less annoying for me, I know he's facing Andrade at some point for the AAA title, I'm sure that's going to be great, I'm sure they'll replay it again eventually for the AEW title, he's facing Callahan here for the Impact title, and I know down the pike they've got, um, you know, they're lining up this big, uh, this big thing with him and, and Hangman Page, which is also good, but people are, oh it's good long term storytelling, just because they've stretched it out for a long time. I'm going to call that Sasha Banks and Bayley Syndrome. And look at Bayley right now. She's stuck under another steamroller. But, as I say, coming back to my initial point, because it is a positive one, Kenny Omega and Sami Callahan as a match is a very intriguing match for me. Now, flip the script. One night later, we've got WWE Money in the Bank. I... I've missed something here. I'm going to have to go back a little bit because before Money in the Bank... We, in fact, have the first SmackDown with fans. And there's nothing much announced. There's, we don't know matches in advance because WWE doesn't book their weekly show matches in advance like AEW does. But we know we are getting returns. They were originally saying Edge, but Edge has already made his, his comeback in return. People are saying possibly Cena, possibly Sasha Banks. Yay. And for me, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is going to be great. Becky Lynch, I swear to God, do not bring her back on SmackDown because she's going to get caught in the double steamroller that is that division right now. Bring her back. Bring her back right after a match we're going to talk about in a second. Bring her back after the match at Money in the Bank. Have her stare down Rhea Ripley. A a Becky Lynch-Rhea Ripley feud over the Raw Women's Championship would be fantastic. It would bring... Um, it would bring Rhea Ripley away from Charlotte because, you know, you're not allowed to like that anything that Charlotte does, so that's now rubbing off on Rhea Ripley, which is super unfortunate, and it's just two badass women kicking the shit out of each other, and it's fine. So we'll talk about that, uh, Cena versus Reigns is coming at some point. We know we're getting Cena versus, or sorry, we're getting Edge versus Roman first. But we know that Roman's got this this path that they've laid out for him. It's going to be Edge. It's going to be Cena. It's going to be Lesnar. They hope it's going to be The Rock eventually. He just took out Rey Mysterio. He's going on a Sort of a greatest hits tour with his title defenses. And Roman Reigns, whether you like it or not, whether you're one of the naysayers or not, um, I think I'm one of the naysayers every now and then, but Roman is probably one of the most successful things the main roster is doing right now. So that is fine. So that we get that smackdown, and then we get the of the day after that. And then after the day after that, we get Money in the Bank, our first full stadium show with fans. And it's it's a pretty good card, too. As I say... They moved the Money in the Bank pay per view around with Hell in the Cell because Hell in the Cell is kind of useless anyway. But because Money in the Bank as a as a concept as a pay per view and as a match is a fan pleasing match, you want you want a no brainer going into the first pay per view full of fans. So much like Slamiversary, doing an Ultimate X match, WWE throws you two two count them, Two ladder matches in one on the Money in the Bank card. On the men's side, we've got Ricochet, Riddle, Morrison, McIntyre, Owens, and two more to be named at this time. And on the women's side, we've got Asuka, Naomi, unfortunately, Bliss, Cross, Carmella, the returning Zelina Vega, which boiled a lot of piss for a lot of people, and two more yet to be named. One of those is going to be Liv Morgan. I'm sorry, if the other one happens to be Becky Lynch, I'm down for that as well. Can you imagine... Can you imagine Rhea Ripley defeats Charlotte for the final time Finally, has her big moment. Finally, has her revenge from WrestleMania last year, and get gets cashed in on by Becky Lynch. How fucking good would that be? But in singles matches on that card as well, we got Ripley versus Flair. We got Bailey versus Belair again, which is unfortunate. Lashley's gonna kill Kofi Kingston, and Roman Reigns is gonna go over Edge. Good card. Good, solid, big name, big match, big stipulation that everybody likes. Card for the first pay-per-view back with a full arena of fans. July 19th is the first Raw with fans, and I have no idea what they're going to do whatsoever because they haven't said anything yet. Uh, July 21st is Fighter Fest Night 2, and what we know right now is that's going to be headlined by Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose. (sighs) I could do without Nyla Rose. It's going to bring us more Vicky Guerrero, which is always not so great. Uh, Hopefully, uh, Rebel Not Reba is going to take out Vicky Guerrero, cause a distraction. Britt Baker goes on a hell of a run because she manages to be a fucking rock star in a women's division that doesn't exist, but that is going to be a hell of a match. Now, line up the opponent... After this, line up the opponents for her. Line up Thunder Rosa again. Line up Serena Deeb. Line up... I don't don't know who else. Line up uh, Chris Statlander. Have her break away from Rebel Reba eventually. Have her go on another Monster Mash smash thing against Abaddon because now she can be the Monster Slayer because she can say, okay, I'm not scared of you. Look what me and Thunder Rosa did in the Lights Out match. That could be fun too. Britt Baker, honest to Christ, you guys think I never give any credit to AEW. Britt Baker is one of the best things AEW has done. Now imagine that me saying that now about her versus that, that uh, almost infamous footage of her trying to cut a promo about a year and a half ago on Jericho's boat where she was more distracted by the hair in her face than what she was trying to say. The progress and the development of Britt Baker is fucking phenomenal. Now, Keep in mind that she did all of that character development while she was injured, so she wasn't able to do anything in the ring. That is fucking fantastic. Now, it still doesn't hold a candle to the women's division on the black and gold brand, but that's fine. July 28th, we've got Fight for the Fallen. Nothing that I've seen in my quick, like, 20 minutes of lookup has been announced as of uh, as of yet, but Fight for the Fallen is, is a, a pretty feel-good show, and I'm sure they'll nail that out of the park. Now, that takes us to the end of July. This is me saying, hey, look at pro wrestling just in July. I will say two things. The biggest punctuation mark of all of this doesn't come until the end of August when WWE hits the, uh, the is it the Allegiant Stadium in Vegas? 72, something like that. Thousand people screaming for SummerSlam. That's going to be the punctuation point. But for me, personally, personally, now I asked the question at the beginning, is wrestling back? And I think... My answer is 99% yes. For me personally, because of the brand that I follow, the brand that I am most loyal to, the brand that I talk most about on this channel, wrestling is not completely back until we get a full stadium NXT TakeOver. And I don't know when we're getting that. But other than that, Raw going back to a crowd, SmackDown going back to a crowd, Impact going back to a crowd, WWE pay-per-view going back to a full crowd, AEW continuing to have a full crowd with these special shows that they've laid out and I know that they're leading up to All Out as well and that'll be a huge, huge show for them so if I look outside myself if I look outside what's happening where I currently live and I look outside the specific show that I watch is wrestling back I'm going to say yes I really want to know what you guys think down in the box below these are a couple of thoughts that I've had late in the day on a Sunday I thought I'd share them with you before they fell out of my head. Anyways, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.